Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Mino Line Media presents Business of the Beat. Hi, I'm Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and I am a founder, brand builder, entrepreneur, and believe in the mantra, Carpe Diem. I created this podcast, Business of the Beat, through my own experience as a beauty executive to talk about, tell stories, and highlight the business of beauty through conversations with beauty and wellness entrepreneurs, intrapreneurs, helping to diversify the industry. This week on Business of the Beat. If this takes time, I'm fine with that because I want something that's a legacy brand and I don't want it to grow too quickly to where I can't manage it or bring in a bunch of money and people want to scale right away and you got to hire 50 people, you know, tomorrow and all these things. Like, I'm cool with taking my time because, you know, God put this in me. I know that he will see it through in the time that it's supposed to happen. Hi, everyone. I'm your host, Kendra Bracken Ferguson, and welcome to Business of the Beat. Today's guest is Jacqueline Carrington, founder and CEO of People of Color Beauty. But before we get started, don't forget to follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and your reviews and ratings mean so much. All right, everyone. Growing up, founder Jacqueline Carrington never saw images of nail polish colors reflected on brown skin tones, which made her skip nail polish altogether growing up. In 2019, she founded People of Color, a non-toxic, vegan, cruelty-free nail polish brand made to complement the various shades of brown skin as the first thought, not an afterthought. It is their mission to celebrate and represent people of color from all over the world by collectively sharing our stories through nail polish. People of color makes nail polish for people of color and those who live in color because we all live in a world of color. Jacqueline, welcome to Business of the Bead. I am so happy to have you on the show. Thank you, Kendra. I'm so excited to meet with you and finally be able to have our great discussion today. I know. It's, it's a long time coming. I'm, I'm about the divine timing, though. This is our moment. This is yes. our time to talk. And I love how we kicked off the show um, with your children in the background. I was talking a little bit about school drop-off, <laughs> such as working mom life. Oh, yes. It's never ending. It seems that the mom time takes over a lot of the business time. So when people ask, how do you do it all? I'm like, I really don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my thing is that being able to integrate our children into our business life, right? And like there's the times when we are tunnel vision, I'm the mom. And then more often than not, I'm the mom and I'm the working mom. And so I'm juggling like so many things happening at one time because it's the only way to get it done. 
Yes, it's so true. Sometimes when I feel overwhelmed or if I'm doing things and they're just present, I'm like, okay, guys, you know, help me put this sticker on, please. Help me, you know, what color is this nail polish? So little things where they're learning at the same time, but also it is helping me. And then there's times where I just have to be like, no, mommy's working. Go with daddy. Go do your homework. Go play. Just go. Yes, it's so funny, too, because I'm like, your dad is literally sitting right there. Why are you talking to me? Like, it's just it's my it's like you see me doing this. This dude is over here watching TV. Why are you? Did you not see him or what what was it? Exactly. (laughs) What kills me most is he'll like say yes, like example, watching TV and I'm working or something and I'm like, go with daddy and they'll be like, but he's playing the video game. And it's like, how are you so concerned with his leisure activities? I'm actually working right now and I'm still need to be bothered. No, go with him. <laughs> I love this. That's like, we'll have to join the Sugarberries podcast so that we can just like talk about, it's the best, it, it is the best blessing in life. Let me say that. And mm-hmm. our ability to jungle and to jump hoops to make sure everything happens, which Jacqueline is a great segue into our rapid fire segment. Um, So we love to, I know we love our rapid fires. So your rapid fire segment is called Jacqueline jumps. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's a good one. It's a good one. Okay, here we go. Blank is something that makes Jacqueline jump for joy. Traveling. Ooh, me too. Me too. That's like a great one. Okay. Next up, the business initiative Jacqueline is most proud of jumping into is blank. Curating colors. Ooh, great one. Great one. All right. And our last rapid fire, Jacqueline jumps at every opportunity to blank. To talk business. Okay. That was perfect. All right, let's start talking about business. I love, I love these. You're like curating colors and traveling. All right, so let's jump into the business of this. So Jacqueline, who are you? <laughs> like, tell us everything, where you grew up, how you landed at this moment on the show. Oh my goodness. Okay, I was born in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. My family is still there. Um, My dad is still there. I grew up, though, in Southern California. So um, unfortunately, my mom and dad divorced when we were younger, but we moved out to Southern California. We do have a few cousins out here. So thankfully, we still had some family around and uh, went to, you know, all the schooling through high school here and decided to go to the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Uh, When I was growing up, I played basketball my whole life um, through high school, but I wanted to be a veterinarian. And so I started college as a pre-professional biology major. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. And when I started, I was like, I am not going to do this (laughs) because those math and science classes, although I love math and science. I hate math and science. I'm just like, I just want to be a vet. Like, do we really need to do all this? Um, But yes, learned that it was not for me. And my mom found, and I've always loved business. So I tried, you know, accounting for like a class. And then my mom found 
um, hospitality management at UNLV, which is actually what the school is known for, um, because I love travel and I love service and I love real estate also at the time. So um, ended up going into hotel management and just loved it, graduated with my bachelor's met my husband at the time who was not my husband but met through you know during college years and we ended up moving to New York City afterwards where he is from from there I worked in hotel management for um, a few years we ended up moving to Connecticut and I worked in hotel manager in hotels there uh, finally decided when we had our first daughter Monroe um, to move back to California so this is 10 years from graduating high school through moving back to California. And we decided to settle here. You know, how, where we grow up, traveling, moving, people that we meet, it's such a big part of our story. I mean, it is our story. And I think that it's really important for us to talk about it and to understand it, especially as we think about the evolution of us as people, right? We have to have kind of that foundation to get us to where we are because there are so many things that that you said. Um, I was talking to someone um, who was talking about being an athlete growing up and how Gina Prince by the wood. I was like, not just someone, the award-winning Gina Prince by the wood. But I was at a conference and she was talking about how being an athlete helped her become a director and how it gave her the tenacity to keep going and to put on that game face. And so you talk about sports and you also talk about pre-biology those things are so intertwined, even though you didn't go into that, you had the ability to kind of pivot, which is something that a basketball player always has to do on the court. So when you think about this notion of pivoting your major, going into, you know, hospitality and hotel management, what was that like? And how did you kind of get to this place where you could give up on being a veterinarian, but moving into something you know, so different, but also what sounds like fulfilling because it took you to different places and you got a husband. (laughs) (laughs) I've always, um, I've always loved traveling and um, I always had an interest in real estate. And so I felt that it was something that kind of combined the two and being that I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit and have tried many things, even up until that point, um, my idea was like, I want to own and build my own hotels one day. Um, So I want to learn this industry and I love helping people. So it was, it was an easy transition and I didn't feel that I was giving up on something, even though, yes, you know, I realized that just, this is just not going to happen, even though it was my childhood. Like I want to be a veterinarian. I can help animals in other ways now. I just won't be... (laughs) you know, operating. Exactly. <laughs> so even from then, um, when we had moved to Connecticut, um, as I mentioned, my interest in real estate, I transitioned into property management and working at apartment communities because I wanted to uh, be a property owner. Uh, and so <laughs> um, starting a family, I'm like, you know, I love hospitality, but you know, the 24 hour schedule and weekends, holidays and nights and all of those things just wasn't going to be conducive to having a family, uh, at least a family that I had envisioned. 
And so I'm like, what else can I do that I would be good at? And a lot of my skills from hospitality transitioned into property management. So I was able to, you know, succeed in that. And I did that up until 2019, October, where I finally quit my job um, here in California to pursue people of color full time. Well, it's so interesting. I can relate. My husband is the head of building operations for Madison Square Garden. And so it is, he has a property management degree as well. And it's just fascinating. It's like we work so much as entrepreneurs, um, but that life, because he's uh, manages arenas and big stadiums. So it is, I, I completely understand. And even though it's um, mentally different because you're always on your catering to going into a business where you get to have that as you're so focused. It's about you and your customer. There's a lot of synergies when you think about property management and the characteristics of of managing something, someone or a business. And so what was that pivotal moment of saying, I'm going to take these skills and now I'm going to go and start my own company and literally manage the process of bringing products to life? Yes, yes. And that's so cool to know about your husband's background, too, because it is, it, like you said, it's just crazy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but um, I, I've always known that skills are transferable. So I've always been able to realize what I'm good at and be able to take that wherever I went. And so I I never knew that I would have a nail polish business. I had no interest in nail polish growing up. Again, I played basketball. So at most I had like top coat on my nails. Um, And then growing up in advertising, I never saw it shown on brown skin. So even if I thought it was a pretty color or liked it in some sense, I couldn't really envision it on me. So I just skipped it. So it wasn't until Monroe, who at that time was three, um, her and my son would go to my mom's and spend the night. When they came home, her nails were always painted and she wanted to, you know, oh, it's chip. I need to take it off or I want this color now. And I didn't have anything at home to do any of that. (laughs) And so it kind of rekindled my interest like, oh, you know, let me see what's out there for nail polish. And anytime I saw kind of a slight gap in something, it would always be a business idea for me. (laughs) And so I went on um, Google, I went on Instagram and was looking at the nail polish brands and it was still the same, like no brown hands, no shade of brown anywhere. I would scroll and scroll and it would be like, oh, here's one from four months ago. Oh, here's another one from, you know, a month and a half before that. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe it's still the same, like after all this time. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna start a nail polish business. And I'm gonna name it people of color. And I'm gonna pick out nail polish colors that look good on all shades of brown skin. And yeah, I would just do it. And I went on Google and I typed in how to start a nail polish brand. And literally that's how it started. Oh my gosh, I love this typing into Google how to start a nail polish brand. But I love that. I love the fact that it came from this need that you saw every day. Like that is what makes me so excited about our Brain Trust Founders Studio and working with founders is that the greatest ideas come from our everyday lives and simple things of seeing Monroe be like, wait, I want this and I want that. And then looking into what's possible. And so you literally are like, okay, I'm going to Google this and I'm going to call it people of color. 
How did you then think about non-toxic, vegan, cruelty-free? You know, it's it's scary, like with our children and even ourselves. I feel like I'm more <laughs> concerned about that. Like there was something that had high fructose syrup and I was like, throw that away. But meanwhile, I had been eating it. Um, so, but I think it's really interesting because I've heard that sometimes painting your nails can weaken them. And we're hearing so much about the ingredients. So talk about this idea. If I want to have an idea, I'm going to Google it, but now I'm going to push the boundaries and I am going to go non-toxic, vegan, cruelty-free and make this truly be safe. Yes, yes, that's so true. And um, as I was learning while researching um, a manufacturer, I was learning about things that were three free or five free, 10 free. I'm like, what does all this mean? And it meant that it didn't have the common toxins that most nail polishes has um, in them. And so the number, meaning the number of ingredients that it doesn't have. So the manufacturer that I was able to find was 10 free. So things like formaldehyde, tooling, parabens, like things that are linked to breast cancer and things that are just like, really, this is a nail polish. And the vegan aspect also you don't think about, but they use things like crushed beetles or fish scales to get certain pigments and glitters. Um, And I have a three-year-old who's interested mostly in the nail polish. So I'm like, you know, basically like, yuck, like, I don't need all this. So I'm like, well, this is important. You know, we should probably (laughs) go this route. (laughs) And then mostly with beauty products, as we know, women of color are, you know, heavily invested into being beauty consumers and nails is what we think about last when it comes to things that could be toxic or not good for us. You know, mostly the focus is on our hair, on our skin. And, um, you know, we're heavily in the nail industry and people don't think about that really as a thought. And so um, a part of our brand, you know, we want to bring that to the forefront too, because if we're catering catering to women of color and people of color um, as a whole, you know, these things are important to us. And um, our brand, I like to say, is exclusively inclusive or vice versa, because um, people of color is kind of twofold. It's literal in the sense of we want to choose colors that or curate colors um, and showcase them on um, various shades of brown skin, but also people of color because we all live in a world of color and really just using our nail polish collections to tell our stories through those colors. So it's not that oh, anybody can wear this color. Yes, you can, but there's a story behind why we chose this color and how it's connected to people of color collectively and and the stories that we tell. You know, I love that. And I think that there is something really special about being exclusively inclusive. And I think that it's important. And I, I love how you talk about the intentionality and the stories behind the collection And one of, you know, I love the names of your products. And one of them, um, Morimai, the named in the honor of Queen Morimai's story to free her people from oppression and really her great sacrifice. And you think about the color representing the river waters. So like, talk about how you decided to think about your names. Was it something that you had been studying that you wanted to incorporate? Because it feels so natural. And I love the education hall element as well as the story element that grounds us in the colors and the why. Yes. Um, a lot of my business is 
God guided, I like to say, um, where sometimes I'm just, you know, going about my day or in the shower or whatever, and just like ideas drop on me. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is the next collection. So basically, once the theme is set for the collection, so we'll use the Queen collection, like you stated, as the example. From there, it's then, okay, researching different uh, queens from around, around the world because we didn't want to just choose you know, a continent or just a a geographical area. Um, We wanted to really try to choose queens from around the world. And so just Googling all these queens and reading their stories and just like, oh my gosh. And of course they're all amazing. So it's hard to like narrow it down to five. And, um, but once we did, and it really was from there that we chose certain elements out of the story that really spoke to us that led us to the color and then the naming was easy because we just decided to name each of the colors um, after the queen. But um, it's almost reversed because I'm not sure how other brands do it where, you know, maybe it's like, you know, you just pick a color palette and then from that you choose a theme and then you name the colors for us, the story's the most important. So it's really the theme first digging deep into the stories and then the stories lead us to our colors. I love that. The story is the most important. And I think that it's true because the brand has so much meaning, even when you talk about the name. And when you think about kind of where you sit in your strong suit, because we have some founders on who are like, I can do the product. I can do the ingredients. I'm a chemist. And then we have other founders who are very much the marketing. I'm about the creative. I'm about the brand. Where do you kind of see yourself sit? Because when you talk about the naming, there's a science to it, but there's really a creative element that kind of wraps the whole brand together. Yes, that's very true. I don't know. I I say I sit in the middle because I am a creative person, but I don't consider myself a creative, if that makes sense. I am very operational too. Um, I like structure and organizing and things like that. So I more so feel that I'm on the business operations side versus the creative marketing side. Although, you know, running it alone, you have to do everything. And of course, there are people who uh, help or, you know, work on things for us and things like that. But um, at this time, unfortunately, it's, it's just me. And so I have to kind of be everything. And, um, you know, the things that I'm good at, I try to do. And things that I'm not good at, I try to learn. <laughs> because I <laughs> have somebody do it still. <laughs> and it's basically, you know, what I put out, this is what you're going to get for now until, you know, that time (laughs) comes. But thankfully there's, you know, Canva and things like that to help, you know, you look like you got it going on where it's like, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Let's talk about you being kind of a solopreneur and like, even though there's other people it's really you. So we have a lot of founders that are trying to either make the leap or they've made the leap. And it's really about how long do I stay in this moment of really a team of one or maybe a team of two. And so whenever you launched, was the intention um, to, this is two part, to stay in a place where you were really bootstrapping and you were doing it and then kind of going to where you can look for outside sources 
are you kind of in a place where you're like, yes, I'm a team of one um, and there's an opportunity to bring in some capital, but I see us kind of being on this track for longer. Kind of where where are you in that journey and what's it been and what's kind of the growth plan? I knew that when I started this business, I wanted it to be a global brand. So I knew um, long term that, no, it can't just be me. Um, I bootstrap everything <laughs> just because I'm a, fru- a frugal person. But I, you know, I do as much as I can with what I have. If I don't have it, then, you know, either the business doesn't do it at this time or, you know, if I can borrow and pay it back through friends and family, then I've worked with that as well. Um, and so around, I think it was 2021 in the summertime, um, I went to a good friend of mine who um, is a marketing great storyteller and great marketer. Um, and I'm like, if I can work with you, like if I can bring you on in a creative way where maybe, you know, it's just profit sharing for now and whatever have you based on what the marketing brings in. Can we work together that way? Um, And so sometimes you have to do things like that versus, you know, I can't afford to pay you like, you know, you actually need and want to be paid. But if you just believe in me and we can work like this for a little bit, you know, let's see what we can do. So I was able to bring her on um, and we worked together for, I want to say it was a little over a year and going into 2022. Um, But unfortunately it didn't work out because just revenues were not growing as quickly as we needed them to. And because also, you know, the revenue that is brought on, I still also need to live. (laughs) Um, You know, it was just too much um, and it wasn't sustainable. So, um, you know, still a very good friend of mine, still very supportive of the business, but it was good to try because it helped me learn a lot of things with regard to how quickly money can go when even you onboard someone, even if you're sharing profit, like that still takes away from what you can put back into the business or what you can even do while you're working together. What more can you do marketing wise? Um So there was good lessons learned. And then, or at least going into now, yes, I would still love to have someone help or do anything, but it's just not that time. And that's okay with me because I don't believe in fast tracking something that takes time. Like when we put a seed in the ground, it's not harvest time tomorrow. Like, (laughs) you, you put the seed in, it has to, you know, work underground, then it sprouts and then it grows still. And then you still have to wait until it's time to harvest. And so that's where I feel like I'm at right now. I feel that during the time where it was 2020, where everyone was, you know, black lives and black business, been everything. I knew that wasn't going to last. And so, yes, I enjoyed it while while it was here. Um, Although it was for unfortunate reasons, which, you know, felt terrible kind of celebrating that in a time where everything was crazy. And just really saying, 
if this takes time, I'm fine with that because I want something that's a legacy brand and I don't want it to grow too quickly to where I can't manage it or bring in a bunch of money and people want to scale right away and you got to hire 50 people, you know, tomorrow and all these things. Like, I'm cool with taking my time because, you know, God put this in me. I know that he will see it through in the time that it's supposed to happen. You know, you have such a great spirit about it. And when we think about timing and we think about the time when it's supposed to happen, you know, it's sometimes hard as an entrepreneur because you're looking at your peers, you're getting contacted by all these people. And so thinking about, I want a legacy brand, like what you said, and that in order to do that, time is a big factor. And I always like to say patience is a virtue. You know, I love to do like my mood boards and all my boards and my vision boards. And it's so fun to go back and you look and it's like, oh my God, 10 years ago, I thought about that. And it's just now manifesting itself. And it's the faith that we have to know that if we have the faith and we believe that if it's meant to be, it'll be. And that that timing of when it comes will be in the right time and staying that course. And so I really like how much time you spent kind of talking about the notion of where the business is, knowing what you want for the long term, which is this global brand. Yes, yes, it's very true. And as entrepreneurs, we have to know that early because it's easy to be taken advantage of. It's easy for people to be persuaded by, you know, here's some money, (laughs) you know, I'll bring you some help or let's do this deal or let's work with this person. And it could derail your whole business. It may shoot it up quickly, but you might come down just as fast as you went up because you weren't ready. You didn't have that time in preparation. You didn't experience things in between to really be ready for the moment. And so I'm glad that, you know, I'm going into year four and I don't feel like I've gotten started yet. I do still feel like, you know, I'm the seed underground, even though, you know, there's some people that know about the brand. Nobody knows about the brand. To me, I'm like, I'm still a very small business. I'm sitting in my third bedroom, which is our office still. Like, I still pack and ship orders from here. Like, you can see it and it may look big, but it's still a very small operation. I'm still very proud of that. And it is what it is sometimes. (laughs) And that's the part of our journey as entrepreneurs and business owners. Well, it's so funny that you say that because many of us are working from home. And I think that it is for me, whenever I was looking at our office expense and our ability to take that off of our balance sheet, I was like, oh, yes, we can come together in moments. Um, And I also think that it's interesting in terms of perception as reality, because I mean, yes, you can say that not many people know, but you were on Good Morning America, um, (laughs) which is a huge feat. You've been featured in Bernie and you're also selling Beautylish, Beyond Polish, Urban Outfitters. So you you really created um, this name for yourself. I mean, Good Morning America is no small channel here. so. When you think about those moments and even going into retail, how did that um, exposure and then how has your retail experience really kind of accelerated the brand different than where you thought you might be, as you say, a seed underground? No, you're right. Um, And sometimes it's hard to really step back, even as things are happening, to say, 
oh my gosh, you know, this happened, that happened. You kind of celebrate it in that moment, but then we're also still so busy with everything else that it's like, yay, okay, I gotta go answer these emails now. I didn't get to them yesterday. I gotta do them now. And then so the moment passes and you kind of forget to go back to it and be like, oh my gosh, like really, yay. Like, And so I always like when things happen, I make sure I say my thank you, Jesus, <laughs> like give my praise. So that way, if I'm like head on into the next thing, it's like, at least I gave my praise and I truly meant it. And when I circle back to it later, maybe in cry or something like that, then, you know, that time will come. But it really has <laughs> kind of been like that where it's like, sometimes I do need to sit and take a moment and just be like, wow. But I, that's why I like to document things, not necessarily to post on social, but just to have for myself. So I'll write things down. I'll take pictures. I, I save you know, things like, you know, as being in essence in 2019, like I still have the magazine that I bought that day. Um, So things like that. So that way, when I do have time and I sit and I can really like pour into, wow, you know, thank you, God. Like, I can't believe, you know, in such a short time, it seems like all of these things have happened. So um, no, it's not to diminish the things. It's just that sometimes it's hard because you're like, oh my gosh, yay, you celebrate it. And then you're just like on to the next thing. And it is, it's hard because we're like, oh, it, you said it. It's like, yes, yes. Oh, you need this order done. You need this fulfilled. We got a customer service thing. Like, that's what I always say about being an entrepreneur. It's like the highs are highs, the lows are lows, and they can literally come at you within 30 minutes, um, if not less. So it's always like this balancing act. And you know what I love, you said my thank you, Jesus. And one of the things that's on your LinkedIn, your LinkedIn tagline is living a purpose, capital F-U-L-L, living a purposeful life. And I think that it's so important because without purpose and without intent, it's hard for us to keep going every day. So when you think about living your most purposeful life, what does that look like to you, especially balancing, like we've talked about being a founder, a CEO, a mom, a wife, you know, family member? That's so true. I feel like some days I know my purpose and then some days I'm still like, hmm, (laughs) but um, not in the sense where I just totally don't know, but I just feel that my purpose is that I, through the gift of business and entrepreneurship, that I'll be able to help people. And so I feel like helping people is my purpose and through the avenue of entrepreneurship. So as the business grows and even as it is today, just, you know, how can I help and pour into people? I One of the things I'm really good at is just listening to people and what they like to do and giving them business ideas. <laughs> um, one of my business ideas that I used to do, which I might open back up again, was I had a Fiverr account where literally I would be like, pay me $5 and I will send you five business ideas for whatever skills and interests you are, you know, that you like to do. Um, But I like to do things like that. Um, (laughs) So I feel kind of like that's my purpose is like through business and entrepreneurship, just helping people change their own lives and pouring into them um, to let them know that, you know, you don't have to work for someone to realize your dreams. Like you can do them yourself. And in turn from that, you can help and pour into other people um, in a way that 
you know, works best for you. Oh my gosh. You're like my kindred soul. I, I believe that as well. And I like, don't want to be a broken record to all my listeners, but I know that I always talk about helping people and, you know, being of service is, um, it's a true purpose. And it's very special because not everyone has that calling. You know, everyone has a special calling that's unique to them, but this ability to really align purpose with supporting and helping others. And I love that you were giving ideas and being like, here's what you can do and here's what you can do. And so I think that it's so important. Um, and I, you know, we all talk about like so much is given, much is due. And like, you have to be able to give back to others. And so when you think about, you know, giving back what you want to do to help other entrepreneurs, kind of running this business and getting it to a global brand, what's next? What's next for you? What's next for people of color beauty? Yes, it's um, a great question that you asked because this year, um, well, at the end of last year, I was really, I knew, like I said, the big vision, global brand, you know, continue to grow, get more retailers, more wholesale accounts, things like that. Um, but at the end of last year, I was truly like, you know, what is the vision? Like, I see the vision, but I don't see the vision. And so I was kind of sitting with that for a while. And um, I really didn't make any plans for this year because I felt that my vision still was blurry. And I'm like, please, God, like, give me something. And he did. And he said, um, this year, meaning 2023, you won't release any new colors. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Like how? Like that is what my business is, is releasing new colors. Um, He said, you're going to focus on awareness of, you know, awareness of the brand. And I'm like, oh, okay. Like that sounds good still, but like still just harping on like no new colors. How is this possible? And I still really don't know how that is going to work out this year, but I'm having faith on what I was told and I'm going to be obedient because it hasn't failed me yet. Um, And so, yes, I've been just focused on awareness and trying to do things um, to bring awareness. But most of the opportunities that have come this year, including launching with the Black Style at Nordstrom and um, working with Nordstrom Rack, have been them reaching out to me and, um, you know, things like like our conversation today and just, um, you know, write-ups that we've had so far has all just been people just finding us. And I'm like, thank you, God. And then like, I've had people be like, who do you use for PR? Because, you know, I see you and you're posting all these things. And I'm like, I don't have a PR, like, I don't have a PR agency. And I'm like, actually, God is my PR agent, because literally all the things that you are seeing me, like, they're just, contacting me and I'm not doing any outreach to try to be in them. Um, not that I don't want to, but it's, it just happened. And I'm like, so he's shown me that if I bring you this stuff, like, are you going to trust me? And I'm like, it's happening. So I'm like, okay, no new colors. <laughs> I'm hiding the colors in the closet. So I don't see them all the time to like start it. But um, the goal is to be ahead now. So like during the springtime this year, I want to curate our spring 2024 collection, 
be able to have the funds to have the colors bought already, be able to have the swatches that we're going to be working with already done, like everything done basically a year in advance and not have to worry because leading up till now, even our last collection that we launched, I had to borrow money to to launch it. I didn't, we didn't have it already like previous collections where it's like, you know, okay, you know, let's get this going it was really last minute trying to get that out there. And I'm just like, man, like this sucks. And if I didn't have the money, then, you know, no new collection. So he's like, no new colors, focus on awareness and use this time to get ahead. So that is what I'm going to do. And I have some old colors on hand from Sweet July, which is one of our retail shops in Oakland, California, which is owned by Aisha Curry. And um, they had some extra colors on hand to take on our, our latest collection. And I'm like, oh, thank you, God, because these are new colors without actually being new colors. So I'm still being obedient. And we are probably mm-hmm. going to launch, you know, small launches of, hey, you know, if you are a new follower or new customer and you just didn't get a chance to try this color from, you know, the queen collection or this collection, here's your limited opportunity to grab some of these. Well, I love this. And you were absolutely living in faith and it's clearly manifesting itself. You know, when you talk about no new colors, but awareness, and then you're in Nordstrom's and you're doing press and like, you know, it is, it's happening. And so the more that you stay true to it, the more that will come. And I love this notion of being ahead. It is so important and it's hard in the same way that it's hard for us to celebrate it's hard to get ahead, right? And I always say to the team, like, we have to think ahead, you know, like we have to. And it's one of the hardest things to do as an entrepreneur. And I love this notion of, you know, even when we talked about sports and pivoting and, and just your career and experience, like how smart to say, let me just repurpose other colors and find new opportunities. And oh, you're like, I'm just an Aisha Curry's new store, Sweet July. Like, yes, you're doing it. And all that awareness is really, um, is really showing up. And I know that it's hard and you are paving the way and you're doing such great work. And I'm so happy that we could have this conversation so we can provide more awareness, help you stay in your vision and goal. No new colors, more awareness this year. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for being a part of that. Because yes, as I look back and things happen, you know, this podcast and our conversation is a record of that. And being able to say like, yes, you know, when me and Kendra were talking and now <laughs> what happened? It's like, oh, goodness. But yes, it's it's truly been a journey. It is one that is not for everyone. But for those of us who are called you know, you always hear, you know, don't give up, da, da, da. But it's so true because I've tried so many business ideas. And, you know, this one, I was like, this one and the one before I actually stuck to. Um, and I'm like, I'm gonna just stick it out and and really just see what happens. And I'm, I'm glad I did because there's times where it's just like, let me just apply to this job or let me just, uh, yeah, I don't know about this anymore. But yeah, you, you really have to see what happens because your your dreams and visions aren't put inside of you for no reason. I love that. Your dreams and visions are not put inside of you for no reason. So 
with that, we always like to close out the show um, with one other brand that you want to support. We're about community here. To your point, we're about helping other businesses. So, of course, we love people of color. What's another brand that we should check out? Oh, my goodness. Sienna Naturals. <laughs> yes. We actually did a giveaway um, with them. I want to say a, a year or so ago, but they had sent me their hair care products and I had an overflow of other products that I needed to get through first <laughs> before I tried theirs. And then I finally tried it and I have 4C hair and I was just like, why did I wait so long? <laughs> so I love, I love, I love their hair care products, the shampoo and conditioner, have my hair so healthy and happy. And then the, um, the leave-in too. So yes, I would definitely support um, Sienna Naturals. And then one more is a local business to Southern California, but I believe they do ship is um, Maya's Cookies. They are vegan cookies. And I am not a vegan myself, but I did try their cookies and I'm a harsh judger because the some cookies that I've tried before just taste like flour or chalk. And I'm like, no, this is not a cookie. But hers are so good. And I love the birthday cake one. <laughs> I love oh my gosh. I'm just like, oh, my stomach instantly was like, you need this, you need this cookie. I am on a mission to get Maya's cookies. Thank you for that. And um, we love Hannah and we love Sienna Naturals and what her and Issa are building. Um, she's a, a guest on the show as well. She's part of our Breakers Founder Studio. Like just um, such an awesome story, right? And how she's created it and everything that the brand represents. So these are fantastic. I actually got Sienna Naturals for, for my mom. And to your point, it's the 4C and it's silly changed her life as well. Um, so with that, thank you so much for joining us. Um, like I said, we'll be following this journey. We're going to hold you to the no colors, but to much success and great awareness for the rest of the year. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kendra. It was such an honor and pleasure to speak with you today. I appreciate you having me. And every week I share an influencer I'm checking out. And this week, thanks to Jacqueline, Make sure that you follow at Sienna Naturals. That's at Sienna Naturals by Issa Rae and Hannah Diop. Black women formulated clean textured hair products. And as always, I want to leave you with one thing from today's guest. And that is, what is your vision? Jacqueline talked a lot about her vision, sticking with her vision, things that worked, things that didn't work. And it was all grounded in vision. So what is your vision? And as always, follow, rate, and subscribe to Business of the Beat on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. You don't want to miss an episode, and we love to hear from you. Leave a five-star rating and a review. Until next week. Business of the Beat is hosted by Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, assistant producer Jenny Salk, executive producer Kendra Bracken-Ferguson, edited by Fishmar Creative, executive producer Ken Johnson. Find the Business of the Beat podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, Odyssey, Amazon Music, or where you get your podcast, and on IG at Business of the Beat. Business of the Beat is a mean old line media production. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra. 
just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.